Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, DC has its fandom. Fortnite's fight continues. And have we reached the high score on Netflix? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We cannot thank you enough for doing that. Plus, also as well, if you can like, subscribe, follow us, tell a friend about us, or if you can throw us some of those Facebook gaming stars our way, it is truly appreciated. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own polka dot man of Pop Culture Cosmos. You gotta check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, plus also his great shows, Topic Ocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast, plus his book, which he got another outstanding review for, that's called Congratulations You Suck. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Not much. A lot of things in pop culture dropping, or well, superhero business dropping down this weekend. So excited to talk about that. How you doing? Kind of tired, my friend. Get this. Not only did we have to cover wall-to-wall coverage of DC's fandom on the Pop Culture Cosmos Facebook page, and also Game Source Facebook page, we had some extra stuff for that from the DC fandom. Plus, I also had an NBA draft I was part of with our good friend. Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. I'm still continuing with him every single day, NBA playoff coverage. So that's going down. So yes, all this stuff is going down in the middle of... So I want to ask you, my friend, did you go ahead and have at least a good weekend yourself? You know, I miss those days when I could sit down and just, you know, kind of do pop culture stuff, write and all that. Just growing up, man, adult stuff, you know? Adult stuff, indeed. But there is a lot of almost adult stuff we'll talk about on today's program, including everything major that went down at DC's fandom. Plus also as well, Sony has a new female-centric superhero, so people are speculating it's going to be Spider-Woman. So we're going to talk about who is going to be the director of that project coming up here in a bit. Plus also as well, Josh and I have taken a look at High Score that's now on Netflix, the kind of docuseries that's out. We're going to tell you if it's something that you should look at or something that you should go ahead and it be game over for you if you did. 
Plus also, we're going to be talking about Tenet's kind of mixed reviews, some really good, some not so good. We're going to talk about how, if that's going to weigh our opinion one way or another on if you want to really check that out at the theater. Fortnite is still in the midst of a battle between Apple and Google, but they found a friend along the way. We'll talk about the interesting friend that sent a letter of support for Epic, the parent company for Fortnite, coming up here in a bit as well in their fight against Google and Apple. And there's just a whole bunch of things to talk about on today's show, so we're going to go ahead and try and knock out as much as we can on today's program. But first, my friend, it is DC's Fandom. My goodness. They really did a great job of it. I mean, this is something that you would have probably would have liked to have seen over the course of a San Diego Comic-Con. But since San Diego Comic-Con went virtual, they decided we're going to go ahead and do our own thing. I think all in all, first off, before we get into specifics, Josh, I want to hear your thoughts if this was a great idea for DC to do, because I really think it was. I think it was a great idea. Yes, I feel like the 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 pulse in the atmosphere would have been more exciting had it been in person but i think it, it, they, they did a great job with the trailers and some of the announcements i love the uh a lot of the black adam stuff that came out they made a point you know when it came to the wonder woman trailer saying that that is going to be in theaters it is not going to drop on any streaming service right they, they had the thing that they had a good five seconds where it said only in theaters and not so i mean i think they're trying to say that it's not going to be dropping on they, they should have done it in the uh, different font all caps and underlined yeah yeah so it just makes me wonder they're showing us all these really cool trailers but i mean what if this pandemic stuff doesn't uh doesn't end in the next year i mean what, when are we going to be able to get to see these films you know that was the only beef i had with really anything that went on during that that's the problem i have too as well because i think mulan is going to be the litmus test for for what's coming up and we're going to see exactly what's going to go on with this as it debuts on disney plus for a 30 dollar price and to see if this will work out because right now the theaters around the country for the most part are still closed i mean it's getting a little bit better Russell Crowe's latest film, Unhinged, that was the number one at the box office this weekend with a paltry $4 million, which I'm not going to actually laugh at because you know what, my friend? That is the highest box office weekend, I believe, since March, <laughs> to tell you the truth. And the Chinese market right now is coming somewhat back to normal. I believe the high for that was $80 million for the movie that was debuting in theaters there. So... I will tell you this right now, it's still a long ways away for theaters across the country to open in a, in a wide fashion. So you're taking a risk. If you really, really, really want to go ahead and put Wonder Woman in the theaters, you're just going to probably end up going ahead and delaying it until next year. Yeah, well, they're losing money on it. They're also going to be losing the goodwill of the fans, and I don't see how that is a win for anybody, especially since... Of the two bigs, you know, Marvel and DC, DC's kind of looked at right now as the person that needs to be playing catch up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, man. So I, I just rewatched Shazam last night. I liked it a lot better the second time. Uh, so I was excited to hear about Shazam too. But again, like, I don't, am I going to have to wait five or six years to watch this because this pandemic is going to keep anybody from going to see these movies? 
And ask the question is, how long will people stay away in droves away from the theaters? And that uh, that is the big question. And how long do these movie companies want to keep on pushing back their films? Or are they going to go ahead in the route that they are looking at with Mulan? Because Mulan, again, is going to be, I think, a test for what could be the future of films, at least in the short term where it's going to be on Disney Plus in areas where predominantly theaters are closed and then go to, like I said before, in areas like in China and also in parts of Europe and et cetera, et cetera, where theaters are now opening up, they'll go ahead and debut in theaters there. What do you want to start off with first, my friend? Which major DC property that was announced or that was shown off to DC fandom do you want to go ahead from first and we'll go from there? I guess Black Adam, that's the one that seems to have the most hype right now or that I'm hyped about. That seems to be the one that's trending the most. Dwayne Johnson, they did have the panel. They talked about Black Adam at length. They talked about the potential uh, villains or potential heroes, actually, and more or less that, that who they may be perceived as a little bit of, you know, almost an anti-hero, which we will probably see from Black Adam because... We talked about Black Adam. If you see the teaser that's out there, just setting everything up. It was not actually a trailer for the movie. It was just setting things up in a CG format for you, giving a little bit of backstory on his character before they even go ahead and start production on that film, which I thought was kind of cool and gives everybody some background on it. But there is a very real possibility he'll be going against the Justice League of America and also Superman as well. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. I know a lot of people already kind of knew because of the relationship and friendship that Henry Cavill and also Dwayne Johnson have for each other. They, they're really good friends off screen. So I kind of was easy for Henry Cavill to say, you know what, I will go ahead and have a kind of a little battle with you on, on film. But the Justice League of America and names like Hawkman and, and everybody else that's involved with the Justice League of America facing off against Black Adam, that, that's a surprise for me. So I, I interpreted the trailer differently. I interpreted it as him like being the loose cannon, you know, the, the one that they are trying to get to be on the team. And I feel like they're going to have to put their differences aside to uh, come together to fight this greater threat. You know, that's I, I think how he, I I think he will eventually. I mean, obviously it's Dwayne Johnson because and you want The Rock as eventually someone that the, everybody can get behind. But becoming yeah, an anti-hero but... first, I think, was was probably what I wanted to go ahead and look Well, to. yeah, well, and, and anti-heroes, much like, you know, like Vin Diesel, everything, he plays as an anti-hero. So, I mean, I, I think that he will, yes, in the film, event, he will be a, a good guy in some form or fashion. I don't think he's going to be like the Thanos of this film or films. And, you know, uh, what I got out of this was maybe like was a Loki, Maybe like a more powerful Loki where he's really bad at first, but in the end he realizes he... He has to start doing some good things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's entirely possible. I what confused me is that there are two different, you know, two different things. One was for Black Adam. One was for Justice Society of America. So, is there going to be a Black Adam film and a Justice Society of America film, or are we going to see? Are these going to be merged into one film? I feel like there's too much backstory for Black Adam to have that merged into one film and if they're working on these two films back to back that would be really cool uh, i'm also wondering like are we going to see black adam make an appearance in shazam 2 
they are two characters that are nemesis in the in the comic book. So I mean, what's going to happen there? I don't know, but you know, I'm excited either way. I just I there's just so much DC content coming out. I'm just again always going back to this thought of like when are we going to see it? Well, with Shazam and Shazam's title Fury of the Gods, which was named for Shazam 2, I would suspect that Black Adam is going to play a role in that film at some point in time, whether it's a cameo or something larger, because he was alluded to in the previous Shazam. So I have a feeling that there is going to be a mention or appearance by Black Adam at some point in time in that movie, because I think it just makes sense, especially hearing the title Fury of the Gods and and as powerful as Black Adam is, it's almost like you're battling a god as well. So I think he'll be involved in that somewhat, or at least maybe if Shazam 2 comes out sooner than Black Adam, then it'll probably obviously lead into Black Adam. But I think either which way, whichever comes out first, I think that uh, Black Adam is going to be in some form or fashion involved with Shazam Fury of the Gods. I hope so. I mean, and, you know, we're talking about Black Adam being crazy powerful. Like Shazam is also supposed to be one of the most powerful individuals in the DC universe. Almost, I think he's one of the only ones that are capable of taking out Superman. So I, I don't know. It just, it'd be interesting to see like all these powers coming together and how they interact with each other. Uh, that would be kind of an element to, because right now, like Superman is basically God in the DCU. You know, it'd be interesting to see all of these heroes come together and you know just see how this works amongst them like who is the most powerful you're listening to the pop culture cosmos hey lakers fans looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news information original videos articles podcasts opinion pieces and discussions about the los angeles lakers well look no further than lakerholics.com with a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Speaking of superheroes coming together, they did once before, my friend, in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, for Justice League. And they're going to be coming back around again, obviously, from what everybody's excited about with Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League coming out next year to HBO Max in a four-hour movie. But first, it'll come out in segments of one-hour episodes. But it will eventually be, uh, from what I'm hearing, be seen as a four-hour movie. You'll have the choice, basically. So the trailer came out. And it looked pretty good. I want to hear your thoughts on the Snyder Cut for Justice League. Looks like you and I are getting ready to get back into it with the Justice League once again. Yeah, I I was really excited about this trailer. I am really excited about this, the Snyder Cut. Uh, I love the, just the the cinematics, the way that the trailer was cut to the music and just the the slow, I forget what song it is in there. Hallelujah, Uh, I think, or something. Hallelujah. I love like the slow cut of that and the the remake. And I love seeing Dark Side. You got to see a lot of scenes from Justice League that weren't in the original that look like they really add to, add to the action. And, you know, it's making me really excited. Like I just, the the extra scenes of Superman, the flash Batman, like it just, it seems 
really cool and it, it seems like it really adds more depth to it and like i i look at this stuff and i wonder if this was around when like joss whedon was making his cut because if it was then you know i feel like he's foolish for not using a lot of this footage because it seems like it really adds a lot more depth to a film that just felt like it was just quick 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 you know and uh it, it, it a lot of it there's there seems to be some things in there that make superman's role in that movie feel more important because i don't know about you but when i watched the joss whedon cut superman was just like he was he was god in there right like he was you could not touch no other purpose for him to be in there except to just be this all-powerful being that nobody could take out but now it looks like they're adding layers to the superman story and i'm really excited to see more of that Here cyborg is that, i want to say they're doing the same thing for cyborg if you get a chance cyborg yeah, he mm -hmm, gets a full his, backstory yeah with his father and with his mom and all that like it was it's really cool to see all that go down but you know if this is successful this is really good are because a lot of these newer DCU films have been shaped around the fact that there's not going to be a Justice League 2. So is if the Snyder Cut is successful, is all that going to go back to the original plan that they had? And if not, like, is this just going to be a spinoff in another universe? Which I hope not, because it's just it's there's now DC has created so many timelines that's becoming really difficult to keep track of all of them. And the Flashpoint multiverse. Oh, type movie that's going to come out that's going to yeah. feature Ben Affleck now, as we talked about on the Friday show. That is also going to feature Michael Keaton's Batman. And that's also going to feature who knows what, from what timeline. So that might even complicate things even further or it might tie a lot of loose ends. But again, it comes down to I would love to see the original vision for Zack Snyder as far as the Justice League the Hall of Villains. I would love to see a battle like I saw on Saturday morning cartoons with the Justice League go against the Hall of Villains. I would love an opportunity to see that. And then a cataclysmic Avengers Endgame style Justice League at the very end of it before you move on to another chapter in the DC Universe. Uh, that's personally my goal. So I'm hoping yeah. that people will just flood HBO Max with requests to see something more in the Justice League universe once they see it, and that they'll be just as adamant for extend the Justice League universe as they were for we want to see that, you know, hashtag release the Snyder Cut. That was such a movement. So I'm hoping for that same type of movement once people see the Snyder Cut, that they'll go ahead and enjoy more Justice League, or at least want so much more Justice League to come back. And I, I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping that we'll enjoy it. I don't know. I just like, I feel like Warner Brothers didn't know exactly what they wanted. Zack Snyder knew exactly what he wanted, and it could have turned out amazing had Warner Brothers stuck with his plan. But I think they, much like Fox with Fantastic Four, like the execs were too heavily involved. Things are supposed to sell action figures, set up this creative universe. They just, it was all about money instead of storytelling. And I think that that is ultimately bit them in the rear end. Well, we'll know for sure when Justice League Snyder Cut comes out on HBO Max in 2021, and we'll see exactly just how much this fan fervor over releasing the Snyder Cut will be once it gets released, and if that will do anything to revive a future for the Justice League, which Josh and I are definitely hoping for. Wonder Woman 84, my friend who is part of that Justice League with Gal Gadot, and she 
is coming out hopefully very soon with that film. We don't know for sure. Like you said, it's supposed to be under pretty much any circumstance will be coming out to the theaters, will not go straight to VOD, uh, underline, strike through, bold, whatever you want to say in letters right there, all caps. But I want to ask you this, my friend. I I love the trailer again from Wonder Woman 84. We finally got a a peek at the cheetah, Kristen Wiig's cheetah, character in full cg outfit and all that so to speak but i'm going to tell you right now i think that chris pine is going to steal the show for me yeah i know a lot of people are already saying maybe the man out of time jokes are going to get old in the film but to me he comes off really really funny in those films and uh, i in the movie so far as far as the trailer is concerned and I really, really am excited to see what he can do with that character because I think it's funny so far. I, I like the parachute pants joke, and I, I, I get all that stuff because I lived through it in the 80s. So I'm really kind of intrigued to see what he can do with the Steve Trevor character, even though it looks like it won't be the extended stay again after the film comes out. So Wonder Woman 84, it looks great but again you know and this made me really unpopular back when the first one came out i feel like they're stealing a lot of elements from captain america right again with with steve trevor's uh steve trevor's right Trevor, yeah steve trevor name? steve trevor steve man trevor. out of time like deal coming yeah coming back to life and like trying to catch up with the styles you know it's the same thing with like captain america on the quinjet going there's only one God that I know and he doesn't dress like that. You know, that kind of thing. Like, I feel like they're kind of stealing that. Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman, I've, I've always really liked that character. You know, the writing's always been pretty solid. I, I just like, like I said, the last movie, I liked it, but I didn't love it. This one looks pretty cool. It was weird to me, and I don't know if anyone else out there felt this, but it was weird to me to see Kristen Wiig playing a serious character and just seeing like, I was not weird, but I mean, I was impressed at like just seeing her facial expressions and seeing how she handled that role. Because she um, starts off very quirky. She starts off yeah. as a, a introverted, uh, almost nerd-like character. And then her wish on the wish stone or wh- whatever it's called, I forget what it's called, the type of stone that, that everybody's wishing off so their wishes come true. But unfortunately, it pays you back with some bad mojo coming at you later on after that so for instance she wants to be an apex predator so she permanently becomes the cheetah we don't know what's going to happen with pedro pascal who is really an actor that's really hot in hollywood right now and then gal gadot wishes her for steve trevor but i believe her power according to what i've seen in the trailers her power suffers because of it which i think necessitates that that beautiful gold armor that she's wearing with the wings so I I wonder if Steve Trevor's coming back has anything to do with the wish stone. You know, there's a lot of plot things that are pretty unclear at this moment in time, but yeah, I mean I think Kristen like the chi- I honestly this villain feels so much more exciting than the villain in the last one. Like it just I it, just watching it in the trailer like I have this feeling that it's not going to be as anticlimactic as the the final battle in the last Wonder Woman film was. And because of that I am really excited to watch this film. But again, when am I going to get to watch this film? There is no dates, no no estimates. There's just a this only in theaters and then nothing else. But it is very interesting, my friend, to see what's lined up because you're right. 
uh, he can't be Pedro Pascal's character can't be any worse than the Ares surprise gotcha uh, villain at the end and then the battle that they have which I don't think was very believable and kind of held it back from being truly its own great film I thought it was a good film I think I liked it more than you did but I thought it could have been something a little bit more but like you said they did borrow a lot of elements from Captain America on that, but I'm telling you what, I'm looking it, forward to Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, well, the first one, it could have been a lot more special than it was. It could have been a lot more its own thing, and they didn't really, they're kind of clinging to what has already been done, proven successful, as opposed to really making Wonder Woman her own character, you know, and I think that that's kind of what let me down about that movie. Wonder Woman 84 looks like it's really going to be a lot of fun. It's it's a little bit lighter than I think Wonder Woman was. I think it's a little bit more uh, introspective on her character, on what she still wants after living so many years, and what she still wants to do with her life. Now, mind you, it still doesn't take you to modern times, which I'm told Patty Jenkins will be doing based in the modern era at whatever point in time they finally make the film. So I am still looking forward to Wonder Woman 84 in theaters, you know, on VOD, whatever it ends up doing. Uh, if they're really, really hardcore and hard set on putting it into theaters, then I think it's going to be delayed one more time. How about you? Uh, I'm pretty confident. None of us are going to get to see this movie until 2022 at the earliest. Really? Not even next year? Here's my prediction for what's going to happen. Movie theaters are going to open up, but I don't think people are going to go to them. You know, I think it's going to be it's going to be about 6 months after the reopening of movie theaters before people start going to the movie theaters again. We'll wait and see. Wonder Woman 84, Black Widow, possibly Dune, so many movies could be in the mix for being pushed back one more time or possibly even more. And Yeah, well, I mean Correct me if you think I'm wrong, but we could possibly reach a point where Warner Brothers is putting out a new film every like two or three weeks. Same thing with Disney. Same thing with Disney. They both could be in the situation where there's, they've got this backlog of films that they were so adamant on putting out on, on the theaters. And I told you, my friend, it, it, they're going to lose hundreds of millions of dollars either which way. It depends on if you want to lose it now by just putting it straight to VOD or if you want to lose it later on by having it released into a smaller amount of theaters at maybe possibly a better point in time, or putting it out when not everybody wants to come back or not everybody's going to come back simply because there's fear over COVID and, and things of that nature. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going to go on with a movie like Wonder Woman 84, which is still scheduled for a 2020 release, but I'm kind of thinking that if it's going to be so adamant by Warner Brothers for coming out just straight to the movies, straight to the theaters, straight to the box office, and not put in a format that's VOD, similar to what we're seeing with Mulan, then I have a feeling Wonder Woman 84 is going to be pushed back just a little bit longer. I would probably say maybe summer of 2021. Who knows? Maybe even later than that. But I want to hear everybody's thoughts out there so far on some great conversation that Josh and I had on DC's Fandom. Do you have any thoughts on Justice League, Wonder Woman, Black Adam, Shazam, and more? We've got more still to talk about on DC's Fandom. Anything that went on this weekend, 
Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Also as well, Pop Culture Cosmos, Humanity Media, and Game Source on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And yes, we are on TikTok. Uh, well, they haven't banned it yet, so we're on TikTok as well. Want to give a big shout out to Bill, who sent us another great letter and talking about a lot of things that we've talked about on the show. I love your opinions. Keep sending them in each and every time, Bill. We just truly cannot thank you enough for all the things you do for the show and how you support us so much. And I do also want to thank everybody who got a chance to listen to the great uh, interviews I had uh, on Friday's show, the PC Multiverse. Cannot thank Sam Mitchell and, of course, you know, obviously the legend that we had on our previous show, as you see right now on popculturecosmos.com, special effects legend Kevin Pike. If you didn't get a chance to catch either of those interviews, please do so today on our Friday show, The PCC Multiverse. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. Don't touch that dial. Wait, do, do people still use dials? Get ready for Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Thrusted into heavy metal stardom as teenagers with their debut release, Kitty has thrashed and conquered the heavy metal world for the past 20 years. Kitty has defied industry norms, fought back against women and rock stereotypes, and inspired generations since they appeared. And now, for the first time, they've decided to share their untold story. Generously peppered with archival footage shot by the band, this film gives you an honest and brutal look at what it takes to survive in the music industry. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and films worth watching. Well, there's more to come right now when talking about DC's fandom because we haven't forgotten about uh, a certain bat creature but I want to first talk to you about what's going on with the Suicide Squad and James Gunn's Suicide Squad. The cast of characters were there. They didn't have a, really a, a trailer per se. They had just like a roll call and then they had a behind the scenes featurette. So I want to hear your thoughts about the lineup. Some interesting actors playing some interesting roles. In fact, I think Nathan Fillion's TDK is, I think, not a comic book character. I think that's specifically made up for this film. At least that's what I'm able to see. So I want to hear your thoughts on all the great cast of characters that are now becoming this iteration of the Suicide Squad. This film's got me confused. Does it take place in the DCU? Because I know I, Harley Quinn's attached to it, yep. right? Or yep. uh... There's four or five individuals uh, from the previous Suicide Squad movie involved. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, Captain Boomerang's always been one of my favorite characters in that lineup. Yeah, so Jai Courtney's, Courtney's in there. He would come back. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see. I think James Gunn is the the individual who is incredibly capable of taking a property like this and making it good. I know HBO Max had spoken about doing the original director's vision of the Suicide Squad and doing that kind of like a Snyder cut. So uh, I would love to see that. Well, since you this movie is probably have... not coming out to 2022 at the earliest, and they, they will know how well Snyder cut does well next year. If Snyder cut does well next year, I think more, more interest in a David air cut uh, of the suicide yeah. squad will happen. And I would be interested to see that. Cause like right now, my opinion of suicide squad, I liked it. You know, I don't think it was as bad as everyone says it was, but you know, if we're go, if 
just because of the just the negative feedback that it's gotten, I am now more than ever curious about what the original vision was. And if the original vision was something that like I can get behind, then yeah, I'd be more than more than excited to see a film like this. But I mean, after watching Birds of Prey or Harley Quinn, basically is Harley Quinn the movie. I just I'm not that excited to go back into another Suicide Squad movie with her. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Are you excited about this? Eh, kind of, because it's James Gunn, and there's so many kind of like out there characters. I'd love to see that on film, and I'm willing to give Suicide Squad one more chance. One more chance, because Suicide Squad was awful. I'm sorry, my friend. That was awful, awful, awful. No, no, you know, don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was amazing. I just, I thought it was okay. It wasn't like, I looked at it the same way I looked at Wonder Woman. It was like, it was, it was, I don't regret watching it, you know, by any means. Wonder Woman definitely was better than Suicide Squad, but it was just, it was, uh, it was, the film was kind of a mess. It reminded me very much of Alien 3. Like there was, you could see what they're going for and you could appreciate what they're going for, but they didn't quite reach the mark of what they were going for. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it, my friend, at least a little bit, because I sure didn't. But anyways, as I'm going to give Suicide Squad another chance. It looks kind of quirky. It looks kind of fun. And James Gunn has the cachet with me, even though you and I didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 very much. I think that's one of our lower echelon films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Guardians of the Galaxy for us is one of our more favorite films. So in the in the MCU, of course. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with the Suicide Squad. Just by the the roll call of characters, Polka Dot Man, Weasel, Shark Man. It looks just looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Did you happen to catch the animated film uh what was it? Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Did you happen to catch that? No, not yet. Not yet. That actually brought more depth to the Suicide Squad than the movie Suicide Squad. So, um, you know, I just I I would hope that they would reach a level similar to that. But, uh, you know, when everything's designed to sell an action figure, it's hard to know where things are going. And this is designed to sell a lot of action figures because there's a lot of characters involved with this. So. We'll wait and see what happens with James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Again, I think it's coming out at the earliest, 2022. Would that be enough time for David Ayers to go ahead and remake his own Suicide Squad, similar to what we're seeing on Justice League Snyder Cut? We'll wait and see. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll see if the Snyder Cut's successful. David Ayer has gone on multiple times to say he's got four or five hours of footage that got pulled from the movie by uh, Warner Brothers, so... Who knows? Who knows? They'll know if Justice League Snyder Cut is a hit. And if that's the case, yeah, that'll make it the decision that much easier. Last but not least, my friend, before we head on out to the Batman, I want to ask you this on the video games that were announced. And that was Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which is just in a developmental stage right now. And a little bit farther along with a 2021 release date, is Gotham Knights, which I guess goes off the premise of Batman already being killed off. So I want to hear your thoughts. A Gotham game without Batman. Are you intrigued by it? Yes, it actually looks really cool. I love the idea of being able to play as the Red Hood. That's something we haven't gotten before. But I don't think Batman's dead. You know, we had this thing where, like, 
hey the joker's dead and we had that was in um gotham oh it was the last batman game you know that everyone kept saying the joker was dead but he wasn't was it arkham knight or i think it was arkham it might have been arkham knight or the one before that but yeah i just i think that this game looks really cool it has that that same rock steady vibe to it where you have batman and you have the abilities to fly around and glide around the city do your grappling hook do kind of like the spider-man thing where you're pulling people up you know i i love the idea that all these characters have different play styles you know you have your nightwing you have who has the uh the sticks you have um the red hood who plays with guns you have batwoman who seems to have the typical batman array and robin who has just a, a whole mixture of everything it it looks really cool and i love the co-op aspects of it i don't think batman's dead but that might just be me i want to know if it takes place in the in the rock steady world because that would be really cool just to have it be like a continuation of what you know the world the gotham that we've already come to know and love but this is something i am definitely wanting to play on the other hand with suicide squad i don't know how i feel about it first i want to hear your thoughts before i give you mine both are Right now on the fence with me. I mean, I I think they're okay. I'm not a huge fan of either at this point in time. The Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. It's an interesting concept as far as what you go after, especially because you're an anti-hero at this point in time in that game. But it could be something that eh, could be interesting. Gotham Knights, like you said, if it's in that rock steady world with the Batman Arkham games, that could be a very, very intriguing game because obviously the line of Arkham games were very good. So I'm, I'm interested. I'll keep my eyes open. I'll, I'll keep my thoughts open right now on both. I mean, I'm not super excited for them, but they both look okay. I, I might be interested in playing them. Yeah, I mean, right now I'm more interested in Gotham Knights than I am Suicide Squad, just because I, I don't, I don't have a lot of interest in Suicide Squad. You know, and that's just me you know that's why i'm not interested in the james gunn thing i've never really been interested in that property but you know who knows this rocksteady game could change my mind if it resembles batman in any way and it has some elements to it that like make it fun to play some kind of upgrade elements you can switch between characters there are things that i would want out of a suicide squad game like the ability to switch characters upgrade your weapons some kind of skill tree then you know we could talk but uh when I heard Rocksteady was making a Suicide Squad, I felt like it was kind of just a waste of time. There you go. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Again, Gotham Knights is not due out until next year. And then Suicide Squad killed the Justice League at the earliest 2022. So, like I said, gaming fans out there, you'll be seeing a little bit more of DC in the future, but it's going to take a little while first before both the Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad game come two video game consoles my Matt. one disappointment is that we did not see anything regarding constantine yeah. i was hoping like a tiana reeves constantine 2 or some kind of uh justice league dark trailer would pop up somewhere but we did not get that unfortunately maybe on the september one maybe because this it is an extension of this coming i believe in mid-september so we'll go ahead and see if that's the case they're going to show off a lot of the dc tv properties then but they could surprise you, my friend, because it would be coming to a streaming format on the Justice League Dark. So maybe they're they're saving it for then. Yeah, I would hope so. Just because, I mean, I look at how how loved Constantine is as a character just between the TV show and people wanting him on the CW and stuff like that. I just, 
it feels foolish not to make something Constantine related. We'll wait and see, my friend. We'll wait and see. But before we finish off our conversation on the DC fandom, which overall Josh and I enjoyed, and I know a lot of people out there did as well, I'm going to go ahead and touch on The Batman with Robert Pattinson, who at this point in time looks like a pretty good version of it. It's set in, as they're calling it, Batman Year Two, which is year two of him becoming Batman. Gotham PD is going to be a prequel television series going to be appearing on HBO Max. That is set in Batman Year One. And it looks like from the trailer that we saw that the police are already familiar with Batman, uh, still very uneasy about working with him. But you see the, I guess, the the dawnings of not only his character, really in his only second year in Year Two, but also the dawnings of some other notorious villains but you don't see them in the hammy costumes in the in the light and the brights you see it in the darks and the grays and some very modern settings for the riddler and some other villains that are in the mix here with with the movie so i want to hear your thoughts on the batman and the batmobile the batmobile right now looks like just a souped up really souped up camaro uh, it, it really looks a lot more realistic as far as something that maybe you and I could go ahead with $100,000 and build. Uh, well, that's not actually realistic, but it looks like something that we could build ourselves with a lot of custom custom parts. So I want to hear your thoughts on the Batman. And do you think this is something that's going to continue the hype that was built for it? So this this one confused me. I've actually been thinking about this a lot today. This looks like a Batman movie that exists in a My Chemical Romance video. And oddly enough, I feel okay with that. Uh, just like looking at how dark it is, looking at like even Robert Pattinson, he has the emo hair and he has the dark eyes. Um, I am okay with this. I'm oddly okay with this. My only hope is that... or. The one thing I wonder about is, you know, we have the DCU and I I suffer from story exhaustion a lot of the time because I have to watch everything. So my one hope would be that the Flashpoint could somehow bring Robert Pattinson into the DCU, you know, should Ben Affleck decide he doesn't want to play Batman anymore. Um, but as for the movie itself, it looks incredibly dark. Looks it looks good. Like well, looks- he's going to play Batman again. He what? He's, well, Batman Affleck, Ben Affleck's going to play Batman again in the Flashpoint movie. Yeah, but we don't know how many films he's signed back on for, yeah, so that's, that's a big thing there. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it looks really good, and I love that it doesn't take place in the 80s or 90s. It takes place in modern times. You see they're holding the, yep. the cell phones, and yep. they had stuff like that. So that's been debunked. So will Joaquin Phoenix's Joker be a part of it? I don't know. I just hope that they just leave the Joker alone. Leave him out of this film. I saw, um, I don't know if you ever read the comics or watched the cartoon of Batman Beyond. There is a gang in there called the Jokers, and they seem to be in the trailer for this movie. Um, I just, I don't want another Joker film. You know, I want this to be something with an original villain. Uh, even, I guess, I don't know if the Riddler's in it, but it sounds like they're kind it of is. leaning towards that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Colin Farrell's Penguin is in there. He looks nothing like he does in real life. So that looks really cool. I just, I, I this movie looks like it has a lot of potential. I, I, Robert Pattinson plays a surprisingly great Batman from what I've been able to tell. Uh, I am really excited about this film. I just hope that it's something that 
is not, you know, we're not going to have three films ever see Robert Pattinson play Batman again. So that was just my one thing. I would hope to see him eventually make his way into the, you know, the the main Justice League universe because that's that's what everybody wanted with Spider-Man, right? We didn't want standalone Spider-Man films over and over again. We wanted Spider-Man to make his way into the universe and not have to worry about you know, being exhausted by all these other Spider-Man films. So that that's my hopes for it. What are your thoughts? Well, it can include Joaquin Phoenix's Joker because that took place right around, what, the late 70s, early 80s from what I'm seeing in that film. So it looks like there's quite a bit of time frame. Now, you could have closed the gap with what we saw if the rumors had been true and had been in the late 80s, early 90s type deal as far as the Batman is concerned. But now that the Batman is now in a modern age, it looks like that distance and that gap of Joaquin Phoenix's Joker probably will, at least on the, the surface, not be there for quite some time. At least it won't be in this f- first film, that's for sure. So I, I, I'm, it looks pretty good. I'm, in, I'm in, intrigued as well. I was kind of worried going into it. I know you and I had speculated the first time that we saw it and we went on the show and we kind of like, eh, 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 we're not sure about this, but... It does look like something that has a lot of promise, so I'm excited to see what Matt Reeves has in store for us when it comes to the Batman that's coming out, hopefully, tentatively, next year. But my friend, overall, I think, like I said, you and I enjoyed DC's fandom very much. I think it was a great idea. I will see probably Marvel doing something similar here, maybe in the not-too-distant future. We're not quite sure yet. But uh, this gives the impetus to what we're seeing now already in the video game industry where they're doing their all their own things and leaving the events like E3 on their own for very much a great part of it. And that's what we're going to be possibly seeing in the future going forward because DC's fandom, from what I'm seeing on Twitter, what I'm seeing trending all over on social media was a big success so I have a feeling that even if things get started, get back, getting back to normal next year and going forward, that Warner Brothers and DC will continue the fandom experience again. I hope so too. I just, yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of great stuff here. I was just my, again, going back to my original thought of everything is that I hope we'll get to see this before you know I turn forty, or before I turn ninety. But we'll wait and see. What are your thoughts out there on DC's Fandom? We'd love to hear your thoughts. It was just truly an incredible several hours experience. And we just enjoyed all the trailers that came out. I hope you guys and gals did this well. Want to hear your thoughts out there from the DC Fandom? Please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters. And you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. Well, before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and run off some things right now. Bing, bing, bing like that because we only have a few minutes left. Spider-Woman or a Sony female-centric superhero picture was 
just set into production with Olivia Wilde, who did a great job directing last year. She is now becoming the director of this most likely what will be a Spider-Woman film, if you believe all the, the rumors that are out there and, and innuendos. I want to hear your thoughts on Olivia Wilde becoming the director of a possible Spider-Woman movie, which obviously for you and I means also as well as she will not be part of Tron 3, but I think we kind of knew that already. Yeah, I mean, just from what we've heard, a new protagonist in Tron 3, I don't think we're going to be seeing Olivia Wilde in it. Uh, Spider-Woman, as for that, uh, sure, why not? I mean, it's not something that was like on my list of like, I would love love to see a spider-woman film uh i just it's just whatever for me it is what it is and i sure i'd go watch it um i think olivia wilde's very talented i think she brings she's been in enough films to bring enough to new films to uh really kind of know what people are looking for i would just hope that she's actually a fan of the comic books as opposed to the um brian singer situation where he was just like oh, okay this seems cool i'll make a movie about it so that'd be my one hope there i just i don't know excuse me i don't know like where their films are leading i don't know what they have in store i nothing nothing about sony's uh spider-verse makes any sense at this point in time so uh yes i'll go watch it but you know besides venom there hasn't really been anything out there that's been like okay i actually like would kind of like to sit down and watch this what are your thoughts though if it's good, uh, I will definitely make an effort to go see it. Olivia Wilde, I do appreciate her work. Her work last year was really uh, something that I enjoyed. I wish it, that movie had gotten more love because I think it deserved a lot more love than it got. But obviously, a lot of people in Hollywood noticed her talents as a director. So they're going to go ahead and give her this pretty big high-budget superhero film that could be coming down the road. So I'm looking forward to it. If it is eventually, like like everybody's saying, a Spider-Woman film, I would be definitely interested in seeing it because Olivia Wilde as a director, I'm on board because I think she does good work. At least I've seen so far. She's done pretty good work. Tenet, my friend. Tenet's already been released to the critics. Lucky them. But you know with the scattered shot release schedule in theaters coming up here in the next couple of weeks plus also it's being released all over the world wherever it's you can find and get available we're not going to go ahead and put it on vod anytime soon you know the rest similar to what we're seeing already with wonder woman 84 but the reviews are kind of mixed for a christopher nolan film that you and i both have a lot of hopes for so i want to hear your thoughts on the some people think it's think it's really really good, and some people think it's not quite what they were expecting from a Christopher Nolan film. I I'm still excited to see it, regardless. Yeah, I mean, I'm still excited to see it too. I I have heard that like it's very dark and uh, very I guess it caves in on its own mythology. But I I I'm of the mind that movie expectations have changed a lot in the in the times of covid right like everyone's been sitting at home watching netflix you know and what what is one thing we've learned about netflix films like i think that it's the fact that people have been what they're simple they're very simple to follow you know we haven't gotten a christopher nolan movie since dunkirk and dunkirk hasn't wasn't really it was a great film but it wasn't something that really twisted your mind like the last chris nolan movie that did something that like that was inception and back then like 
that was a standard for films but these days nobody has seen any films for a very long time so i just i don't think that people are in their right minds judging this so far but then again i could watch it and say okay well maybe they're right about it i just want to see a good film my friend because like you said a lot of the films that have come out this year are those straight to netflix films that are action heavy dialogue not so heavy story not so heavy just shoot them up shoot them up bang bang people are dead there you go i mean that just popcorn flicks i've seen a lot of popcorn flicks this year one thing I haven't seen a lot of is well-made films. When your number one film right now, and I'm already going to throw this out to people out there, is Palm Springs with Adam Sandberg. You know, and that's a pretty good film. But to me right now, that wouldn't be the type of film that would be on my top five, maybe my top ten list on even last year's films. So right now, there's a dearth of really good filmmaking from what I've seen as far as films being put out there for obvious reasons because of COVID and all that, but it would be nice to see a really, really good film. And I was hoping for Tenet to be that, and I still am. So that's why I'm going to go ahead some way, somehow check it out by the end of the year, Uh, whether or not it's at the theaters or not. I I don't know, but uh, definitely something I'm still excited to see. I'm just kind of concerned after you hear those mixed reviews on it. Hitting to two last subjects, my friend, before we head on out, Fortnite has continued the battle after being pulled out as far as their game is concerned from Apple Play and Google Play. So both Apple and Google have just kicked Fortnite out after Fortnite, as we talked about on one of last week's shows, talked about doing its own thing on its V-Bucks and, and how it goes ahead and does its transactions and asking everybody to look to install the game from their Epic Store and all that. So I want to hear your thoughts. When Microsoft sends a letter of support to Epic because Apple is claiming that Fortnite and Epic wanted their own special deal because they're so large and so big, they wanted their own special deal. And Apple said, eh-eh. But Microsoft sending a letter of support for Fortnite makes the plot even thicker. You know, it's hard for me to really comment on this because I don't like Fortnite. I appreciate the effort it takes to play it but think if you have the backing of microsoft and microsoft is a pretty powerful company i feel like you could probably it's probably a good sign and it means that i'm honestly i feel like the gamers are definitely on the side of epic uh apple and google this is a bad time for them to be doing what they're doing because of all the probes going on but i think that microsoft's kind of showing some goodwill here and who knows maybe something good could come out of it what are your thoughts though I think it's kind of advantageous for them to go ahead and say, you know what, we're going to support you and give you the love Fortnite because, uh, you know, with a new console on the way and also as well being number three in the console race, I think it's very advantageous for them to go ahead and defy Apple and also Google. You know, they really don't have when it comes to this certain situation because we're talking about a mobile platform the mobile version of Fortnite. We're not talking about the console version of it. So it it really is kind of funny that Microsoft, seeing how they failed in the mobile market so far to this point, are getting their, or or putting their two cents in there. It just seems like, you know, very funny that, is that truly their motive to support Epic and Fortnite? Or is it something more? And I'm thinking it's just something more. Oh, it's for sure something more. I mean, whether it's console exclusivity or 
Uh, hey, remember us when we gave you a nice, nice, you know? Yeah, right, right. But there's definitely something going on behind the scenes, or not behind the scenes, something going on that they're not letting on. Well, we'll talk about more updates as they come along for Fortnite and its continual battle against Apple and Google in regards to the mobile version of Fortnite and how it should be distributed going forward. I don't think you should give Epic and Fortnite special treatment. I really don't think you should because then it sets a precedent for other programs that are just as big or that will get that big that, hey, I want to get a, you know special treatment too. And what does that do for the, the little guy? What does that do for the independent app maker? What does that do for them? They have to pay more while Epic has to pay less. I don't think that's a really a fair deal for them. So I kind of agree on Apple's and Google's stance on it. I apologize to Fortnite players out there, but... You know, as someone who has made his own products out there, has made his own things out there, you wouldn't like it if someone gets preferential treatment, no matter how big it is, if you were two or if you're vying on the same platform. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but, you know, Epic seems to have the upper hand in this one. So we'll see what happens. We will see what happens indeed. What are your thoughts out there on Fortnite's battle with Apple and Google? Tenants, mixed reviews. Spider-Woman possibly becoming a thing and the Sony Spider-Verse with Olivia Wilde directing. What are your thoughts on each and every one of these subjects? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Plus, again, DC Fandom, we'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. My friend, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, Netflix has a new docuseries based on the history of video games, kind of, sort of, and that's High Score. It's a very beautiful docu-series. It's a very well-made and high production value docu-series. The interviews are great and compelling. Uh, the information at times is, is really interesting. And there's a lot of offbeat little tidbits to the video game industry that I didn't even know about. But the way it's helter-skelter all over the place, even with the framework of one of its own episodes... I'm kind of disappointed in it overall. I give it a passing grade. I give it, I think, about a 7. But I want to hear your thoughts on High Score because to me, it seemed like instead of being a docuseries on the history of video games, it was a docuseries on what we want to pick and choose on the history of video games. Yeah, it does It does have some elements of that to it. I will give you that. I've only been through the first episode, but I'm honestly like, I love any type of documentary that has something to do with video games. That's always been something I've looked for when I go through the documentary genre on like Netflix or Hulu or any of that stuff. So I'm excited to have that. I'll probably have more thoughts when I finish it. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's like they're picking and choosing a lot of stuff that just seems very irrelevant to the greater things um you know for example the whole how the first episode hinged on the creation of et you know for atari like it just it, it seemed the very first episode was very jumbled yes. uh, i don't regret watching it but yeah it just it seems very incoherent but i again like i love anything having to do with video games especially in, in the documentary genre and i'm fascinated by all of it E.T. is a major part of the video games and how E.T. almost in and of itself destroyed the video game industry. But they didn't talk about a lot of things early on. If you were watching and you didn't know a thing about video games, you would essentially think that video games started with Space Invaders. That, to me, is a little bit disappointing. But the interviews themselves with the people behind it are very well done. 
it seemed like it, it was all these great pieces that just don't quite fit. Yeah, and I, I loved all the B-roll, too, of the creator of Space Invaders walking around, going to the arcade that he was... Again, like, I want to watch more of it, and I want to have, continue this conversation after I watch it, but it's hard for me to really comment beyond the first episode. What are your thoughts out there on Netflix's high-score docuseries? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. I want to thank you for joining me as we talked about a whole ton of pop culture stuff today. Remember, we've got the Friday show. You know, anything we can do to go ahead and catch you up on in the world of pop culture. You know, we cover the latest news and trends each and every week right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day. My name is Quoth. I tread paths by moonlight that others fear to speak of during the day. I've talked to gods, loved women, and written songs that make the minstrels weep. You may have heard of me. Join Mandy and her friends as they explore Patrick Rothfuss's best-selling fantasy series, The Kingkiller Chronicle. You can find us at casterquest.com or on the ESO Network. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.